So good morning, everybody. Hey, it's good to have all of you on all of our campuses, and uh, we're, we're in our, our second week of a series entitled Good to Know, and I, I think I just messed up one of the guys that plays in our band um, on the Mariana campus, because there's some things that are good to know that, like, if you're around Paul Smith, anything can happen at any point in time, and so I walk up on the stage because the lights are so bright, and it's like, if I have my contacts in, I can't see anything uh, in the crowd because it just glares, and so I walk up on the stage, and I'm pulling my contacts out, and I hand it to him, I hold, he holds his hand out, I hand him my contacts, I said, do something with these, and I, I think the guy just walked off and like, whoa, what just happened here, so... <clears throat> Just, there's some good things to know, like whatever you need to do with these contacts, right? Anyhow, so hey, uh, go ahead and uh, take out those talk notes that was in the worship guide when you came in today, because last week, Gavin Adams, I mean, he kicked off this brand new series, as we said, Good to Know, and uh, as, as always, he did an amazing job. Gavin's such a great friend of RCC. He's not only a great communicator to us as a church, and he's here like three or four times a year doing that, but he's also a great coach to all of our staff. He spent all day Monday uh, just doing a staff training for all the staff members on all of our campuses. It was a great day of learning and growing together um, as, a, as a staff. It was just an awesome day, and uh, so we just really appreciate him. And uh, here, here's what I want to say. If you missed last week at one of our campuses or online, uh, Good to Know is basically like a three-week conversation about things that we just believe are absolutely good to know when you're coming out of the middle of like a really stressful time in your life. And um, all of us, we, we know that we're like kind of in the middle of like the, what is known as the most stressful time of the year, right? The Christmas season, it is like the most stressful time. And then on top of that, some of you, you live in communities where like you've just gone through a very stressful time because of the hurricane. So during this season, we thought that like, especially around this Christmas season, that we would just share some things with you that are just really good to know if you want to do life well when you're experiencing a season of stress. Now, one of the things that makes this Christmas season so stressful is that things are just kind of out of the normal at time, aren't they? They just kind of, they get bumped out of the norm. For example, I mean, some of you, you're trying to figure out what are you going to do while your kids are out of school over the Christmas break, Right? And then some of you, you have like time off of work and, and you're trying to figure out what you're going to do with all of that. And then there's this one thing that creates stress for all of us at the Christmas season at some level or another. And that is this, either family comes into town or you go see family out of town, right? And there's always that Uncle Bob there, right? I mean, there's, there's that guy or that lady, that aunt or that uncle, that cousin that you just know is going to create so much drama, and you're already like amping yourself up emotionally trying to get ready for that. And so today what we want to do is we want to talk to you about what we consider to be like the most important habit that you need to develop in your life to make sure that you have the wisdom and you have the ability that you need to navigate these seasons like the Christmas season well. And, and here's why this habit is absolutely so important for all of us. Not just because it's part of the Christmas story, but this one habit, and, I, and please hear my heart on this, this one habit has done more to shape my life journey, to shape my relationships, my career path, my leadership, my family, I mean, my future, my faith, it's done more to shape all of that, my, really my life, than almost any other habit that I've had in my life. And so our hope for you today is this, is that when you leave 
that you will make a commitment to make this your habit, at least for this next week and, and hopefully for the next month and then maybe for even the rest of your life. Now, here's why we want this habit so badly for all of you at all of our campuses. See, if you're one of our campuses today and, and you're single, like some of your biggest life decisions, that they really are ahead of you. Like, how are you going to spend your life? How are you going to invest your time and your talent and your resources? Like, what are you going to value most with your life? And, and are you making, like, the right career choices? Or some of you are even going to face the, face the question of, like, like, who you're going to marry or how are you going to manage sex and how are you going to treat your sexuality before you get married? See, all of those are like decisions that as a single person that you're going to face as you move forward in your future. So what's your plan in order to make wise, life-giving choices and decisions? And like, how are you going to have confidence that what you're doing is exactly the right thing, the wise thing to do? See, here's what I can tell you just from being older now, and that is this. If your plan is to kind of trust your intuition that's really probably not the best plan. Because, see, here, here's the thing. You, you don't know what you don't know. And, and you haven't been where you're going. And here's the thing. This habit that is hidden in the beginning of the Christmas story, it, it will help to begin to give you answers to those questions that you're gonna have to answer in your life with wisdom and with a lot of, constant, a, a lot of confidence. Now, here's the thing. If you're married, or you're about to get married, listen, the decisions that you make in the next five years of your life, if, if you've just gotten married or you're about to get married, the decisions you make over the next five years of life, it's gonna determine your path financially, it's gonna determine your path relationally, it's gonna have benefits or it's gonna have consequences in your marriage. See, the, the decisions you make in the first five years of your marriage, they literally, I mean, they follow you for like the rest of your marriage, either as a benefit or as a consequence. And so here's the thing, you are writing your future of your marriage by the decisions that you are making today. But I'm gonna tell you something, this marriage thing for many of you is like, it's a road that you've never been down before. So like trusting your own experience or what looking, trying to look back at like maybe a marriage that you saw, I mean, that really maybe is not the smartest thing to do. But this habit that we're gonna look at today, it will give you the wisdom that you're missing in order to do marriage well. Or maybe this is you, maybe you're a parent. I mean, you kind of have this dream of how you want to raise your kids. I mean, you, you want them to be children or adults of character because really you're not raising a child. When that baby's born, at that point in time, you're raising an adult. Because you're deciding what that person's going to be when they become adult. And you want them to be a person of character. You want them to be able to navigate relationships and friendships and, and their sexuality wisely. But you know what makes parenting so tough? Is that every child is different, isn't it? I mean, it's like you can't predict necessarily their future based on one other child that you had. It's like one person told me the other day, they said, we only got two kids. I was like, why do you only have two kids? They said, because if we'd have had the second one first, we'd only had one. You know, it's just like, it's just kind of how it works. I think that's what happened to Gray over in Fairhope. I'm just saying, I don't know. But um, anyhow, <clears throat> but here's the thing we know. This habit will guide you like on the best approach that you can do for being parents. Now, the point is, 
Every one of us, no matter what stage of life that you're in or what you're trying to make decisions about or what community you live in, no matter what 2018 has brought you, we are all going to face seasons of unknown and uncertainty. Every one of us. And without having all the information that we need or knowing what all the outcome is going to be, we have to make decisions today that are going to shape the rest of our lives. They're going to determine the future of our lives. And some of you are facing those kind of decisions and those kind of situations right now. And the thing is, you have a choice. You can choose either not to prepare and kind of figure it out as you go along, or you can put like a single habit in your life that will prepare you to navigate the unknown and the uncertainty that you're going to face with more clarity, with more confidence, and with more wisdom. Now, here's what's interesting. This habit that we're talking about today, we find it in the beginning of the Christmas story. We find it in one little verse that often gets overlooked and is kind of hidden in the Christmas story. In fact, right after Jesus was born, the, the angels, they announced to the shepherds about Jesus' birth. So these shepherds, they decide that they're going to go to Bethlehem and, and they're going to see this Jesus, this baby. And when you read the Christmas story in Luke chapter 2, I mean, the shepherds, I mean, they're stirred up, they're excited, and they begin to stir up excitement around the birth of this baby Jesus. And while they're stirring up all this excitement about the birth of this baby, this is what it says about Mary, the mother of Jesus. Notice what it says about her. But Mary treasured all these things and pondered them in her heart. Now, this little phrase right here, all these things, that's all the things that have surrounded the birth of Jesus. I mean, I want you to think about the angels, they show up, or an angel, I should say it this way, an angel shows up one day, and he tells Mary that she's going to have a baby even though she's never been with a man. And then she makes like this trip to see like her cousin or her relative Elizabeth, and Elizabeth speaks this amazing blessing over Mary and over this child. And then in the middle of all of this, while Joseph is trying to figure out what to do with Mary, an angel appears to Joseph and tells, tells him, hey, Mary is about to ha have the Savior of the world in her womb, and so you need to go ahead and, and marry her. And then in the middle of all of that, when she's very, very pregnant, she and Joseph, they make this very, very difficult trip to Bethlehem where she gives birth to this baby in a stable. And then after the birth, these shepherds, they visit and they share what the angels told them. And Mary pauses to ponder this. See, Mary celebrates everything that is happening by pondering. She treasures up all that is happening by pondering. She pauses to think about all these things things. She paused to ponder, to remember all that God has done and all that God is doing around her. Don't miss this, because this is where it becomes very personal and very practical for you, and that is this. 
you can't ponder if you don't pause. Now, now here's why this is so important for all of us. Like, you go, why is this statement, you can't ponder if you don't pause? Why is it important and why is it practical to us? See, you don't just gain wisdom for life by life experience. You gain wisdom for life through evaluated life experience. Don't miss that. You don't just gain wisdom for life just through life experience. You gain wisdom for life through evaluated life experience. And to have evaluated life experience, you have to pause to ponder. See, Mary, she paused to ponder what was happening in her and what was happening around her. And see, for us, too many times what happens is our tendency is to get all caught up in the circumstances, get all caught up in the excitement or, or the chaos that's happening around us in the moment, and we never stop to step out of the whirlwind and reflect on what God is doing in me and what God is doing around me. We never pause to ponder. Now, here's what's so interesting about this statement in the Christmas story. About 40 to 50 years later, James, who was the brother of Jesus, which means that Mary was also his mother. So James, whose mother was Mary also, he wrote a letter to some Christians that had one primary purpose, and it was to teach them to live with wisdom and make wise choices in, in the middle of unknown and uncertain kind of times because they, like us, they face situations and circumstances that were really dominated by basically unknown and uncertainty. So James, he writes this letter saying, hey, here's how you gain wisdom for life and here's how you live wisely. And he, in this communication about how to live wisely and gain wisdom, he teaches them this one habit that can make it possible for you to have wisdom no matter what season of life you're in. Now, here's the thing, and I pray that I'm not reading too much into this, but I think James learned this habit from his mother. And you're gonna understand why I say that as we unpack what James has to say about this habit, and also because of something that I'm gonna say a little bit later, about how I learned this habit. So here's James' advice. This is what James says. He says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself. Do what it says. Now, some of you, you might have read this passage before, but let me just remind you of something that we often tend to forget, and that is this. Jesus' teaching were not given to us just to inform us. They were given to us to change us, to transform us. So James reminds us, he says, listen, just hearing God's word or just hearing the teaching, that, that's not enough. You have to do what it says if you want to gain wisdom. And then he begins to paint this picture of what happens to so many of us. Here's what he says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself, he goes away and immediately forget what he looks like. Now, here's the thing. Most of us, we, we can kind of re relate to this because every morning, morning when you roll out of bed and you shuffle into the bathroom and, and you look in the mirror, what do you see? 
you see something that nobody else ever really gets to see, do you? You don't see what everybody else sees. You see, see something very much worse, right? I mean, like your face needs some work, your, net, your hair needs some help. I mean, like your body needs washing, your teeth need brushing, your breath definitely needs refreshing. I mean, your clothes need changing. I mean, like you are a mess. In other words, there's like no fixer-up show out there that's facing the fixer-upper that you face in the morning looking in the mirror. And you know to go outside, you've got to renovate your appearance, right? After you, what you see in the mirror. You're just not ready to face the world. Now, here's the thing. You would never consider walking out of the door of your house without doing something to make the mess in the mirror better, right? But, but James says, oftentimes, whenever you read Scripture, this is kind of unique to you. It's like, this is what happens, like, and it's just kind of weird. He says, you know, what you do is, is you read the scripture, you read the teachings of Jesus, and, and you write, look at all that, and it's, it's like what happens when you're reading it, it's like looking in a mirror. And you have an opportunity to pause and ponder, which means this, you can't read scripture without seeing some stuff that needs fixing up on the inside of your life. It's like when you read scripture, you see the anger that's rattling around in your heart. You start feeling that and seeing that anger and you recognize the envy and the jealousy that came out when you talked about that person that you talked to a coworker about the day before. In fact, you come to face to face with that greed that you've just like been excusing and justifying and, and you recognize the lies that you've been telling or the lies that you've been believing. Or you see how you've contributed to that hurt or that broken relationship because of what Scripture reflects back to you. See, when you read the Scripture, it's like, James says, it's like looking in a mirror. You see things that you would not know otherwise that were true of you. But then James says, you know, then the weirdest kind of thing happens to us. Instead of doing something that scripture reflects back to us, instead of doing something about that, it's like you ignore or forget everything that you just read and everything that it just said. And you, you go on your day with all that bedhead and morning breath kind of emotion and you don't address the mess that's inside. It's why some of you, you just keep having dating issues. It's why some of you, keep having marriage issues. That's why your spouse looks at you from time to time and goes, you, you need to do something about what's inside of you. And you just get so angry and you go, there's nothing wrong with me. It's why you keep having like these financial issues that just keep happening to you. It's why you keep having broken relationships. It's why you keep losing your job or getting overlooked for a promotion. It's why you always are just like stuck in your career. It's why your life just kind of seems to be like on the same kind of repeat pattern. And here's why. Because you won't address the mess in you that's creating a mess around you. But then James goes on, he says, but you, you don't have to do that. You don't have to do life that way. There, there's a way for you to change your future for the better, to make wiser choices, to have healthier relationships. And he says, here's the thing, the answer is very simple. You just develop one habit that has the greatest potential to have the greatest impact on your life. In fact, notice what he goes on to say. He says, but whoever looks 
intently. Literally that phrase or that word right there, it just means this. Whoever pauses to ponder. Whoever pauses to ponder. So whoever looks intently in the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they've heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. So James says that the writing of Scripture, the teaching of Jesus, they're they're like a mirror for our heart and our soul. And, And when we develop the habit, get this, when we develop the habit of intently looking into it, when we pause to ponder, when we don't hear or read and, and then just ignore, but instead we focus and we reflect and we review and then we apply it to our lives, he says, it will absolutely change your life. In fact, his exact promise is, is anyone who listens to what God says and then does it will be blessed in what they, and what's the last word? In what they do. Not, not just blessed in the sense of, oh, I just feel so blessed from God, or I'm just so grateful to God. No, no, no. He says, it's a very tangible kind of blessing. James says, listen, whenever you develop this one habit of like leaning in and, and, and living out Jesus' teachings, he says, you will be blessed in what you do. Now, I want you to think about for just a moment, what all do you do? What all do you do in a week? What all do you do in a day? Because when you stop and think about it, you do a lot of things every day, don't you? I mean, you do a lot of things in a week. I mean, think about it. You do relationships every day. And what James is saying is is this. He says, your relationships will be better if you develop this habit of pausing to ponder. Why? Because you'll have like more kindness and more patience and more love and more peace and, and you'll be less angry and you'll be less, have less guilt in your life and less greed and, and less jealousy. You'll just be so much more gracious to people if you do this, if you pause to ponder. You do career, right? And James says, listen, if you pause to ponder, man, you're going to be so much better in your career. And the question is why? Because, man, you're going to have stronger character. You're, you're going to be more responsible. You'll have greater integrity. You'll have a stronger work ethic. You do finances. Everybody does finances no matter who you are. And James says, listen, they will be better if you develop this habit. And the the question is, why will they be better? Because you're going to develop more self-discipline. You'll be more generous and you'll value people over things. Some of you, you do parenting. And James says, you'll be a much better parent if you develop this habit. Why? Because you set a much better example for your kids and you prioritize them over your career and your success and and you'll have wisdom to know how to build character in their lives. But all of us do decisions, don't we? And James says, your decision making will be better because, man, you will know what God values and, and understand why he values it. And so you'll have a much better filter like through which you can arrive at, at the decisions that you're gonna make and especially as you face uncertainty and unknowns. I mean, th- those are just a few things of the many things that we do. 
But James says, listen, this habit will make all the difference in the world. It's like, just like you wake up every morning and you look in the mirror and you address the mess on the outside, he says, you need to wake up every day and you need to look into God's word and you need to address the mess on the inside. He said, you need to develop this habit. You need to pause to ponder. And I'm telling you, I know this is true. Because I've experienced the result of this habit in my own life. And it's not because I love God more than other people. It's because I was blessed, and, and I'm trying not to get emotional here, but I was blessed to have two parents who truly helped me understand the value of daily pausing to ponder. See, my dad was, he was a first-generation Christian. He didn't become a Christ follower until he was about 20 years of age, and he'd never really even been part of a church, never stepped into church until he was like 20, and he became a Christ follower. And he began to passionately pursue God and to know the wisdom of God because he felt like he was behind everybody else. I'll never forget the story he used to tell me that how to understand the wisdom of God and to break the Bible down so he could understand it, he would take like a children's storybook that we had um, that they would read to us, my parents would read to us growing up in our home, and, and he would read several stories ahead of that so he would know how to answer our questions. But he always told me, he said, there was something that began to happen. He said, I began to understand that God's word could be simple, and I began to understand that God's word had a lot of wisdom. And so my dad, he developed this habit in his life, and I'd get up early in the morning sometimes, even like in my teenage years to go to work, and I'd go to work before school oftentimes because I, I was driven back then even, if y'all can believe that. And I would find my dad in his study reading the word and just writing things in the margin of his Bible. And sometimes I'd get in late from work at night, and, and I'd find my dad in his study, and he would be reading his reading Bible and just making all these notes. And he used to tell me, he said, Paul, you don't understand he said, you can avoid so many conflicts and so much problems, so much difficulty in your life if you'll just stay in the word and apply it. Make it a daily habit. In fact, when my dad died, we found in his study four Bibles that over that 50 years from the time he became a Christ follower till the time he died, he filled up the margins of those Bibles with notes and thoughts and ways to do life better. And there are still days that I'll pull out one of those Bibles. To remind myself, this is the most important habit that you can have in your life, Paul Smith. Because see, my dad was a, a pretty simple guy. But he's a man of wisdom. And he was blessed in everything he did. In fact, when I was um, standing at his viewing, there were so many people who came by, like 13, 1,400 people who came to his viewing. And everybody who would go by would tell a story of how my dad spoke wisdom or impacted their life. See, James said, if you pause to ponder, you will be blessed in everything you do. And as I thought about that 
standing at my father's viewing. I thought, yeah, this is the most important habit because you will be blessed and you will bless others in everything you do. So what I want to do is I just want to take a few minutes um, to show you how to do this and hopefully it'll um, inspire you to start this habit for yourself. Now, there's three parts to this habit of just like daily pondering. Let me just break it down real quickly for you. You probably want to write this down. There's daily reading, daily reflection, and daily reminders. And let me just tell you, this only takes 15 minutes of your day. I would love for you to spend more, but it only takes 15 minutes of your day. See, there's daily reading, there's daily reflection, and daily reflection, this word reflection, it means to ponder, You have to pause to ponder what God is doing in and what God is doing around you. And I'm telling you, folks, this is a game changer in your life. So you just start with 15 minutes, and then here's what you need to know for each one of these. See, when it comes to daily reading, there are three things you need to understand. You need a time, you need a place, and you need a plan. So here's what you do. First of all, you pick a time. You, you make it part of your schedule because you want this to be a habit. And so you have to have a time when you're going to consistently do this. You pick whatever time works best for you, but keep it consistent. That way it's a habit. The second thing you do is you keep a place. There, there's something about the routine of the same time and the same place. I mean, it just locks in your brain and it helps you to focus. I mean, it may be like a chair that you always sit in. It might be sitting out on your porch. It might be sitting at your kitchen table. I mean, it could be at your desk at work, but you pick the place and try to keep it consistent. And I just have this mental picture of my dad um, every day sitting at his desk, chair leaned back, feet propped up on the desk with God's word and a pen. I mean, that was his place, that God showed up and spoke to him. And then you you need to have a plan. And and this has become easier over the years. You can just go to um, Bible.com or you get YouVersion and download it to your thing. You can pick any plan. It doesn't matter the plan. And if you go to YouVersion and download that, they have all kind of plans for whatever issue you're dealing with in your life. You just have to have one and follow it. And listen, if you miss a day, don't get whacked out. Don't don't beat yourself up because you're not pausing to ponder Scripture in order to win a race. You're pausing to ponder so that you can experience God's wisdom in every area and every arena of your life. So begin the habit of pausing so that you can ponder. And to do that, you need a time, you need a place, and you need a plan. So then here's the thing. You go, well, what about the daily reflection thing? What does that look like? Well, that's part of the same 15 minutes. See, after you've read, there are basically four questions that you need to begin to ask yourself, okay? And here's the thing. I I would recommend that you would, like, jot your answer to these down, like, in a journal or a notebook, maybe your laptop, maybe in the margin of your Bible, like, whatever works for you. So here's how you can spend some time reflecting based on what you just read. Four questions here. What do I need to know? Why do I need to know it? What do I need to do? And why do I need to do it? Now, first of all, what do I need to know? It helps you identify the principle or the truth that God is really teaching you. And then why do I need to know it helps you think through how it could change your life. And then what do I need to do? It helps you figure out how to apply that information. And then why do I need to do it? helps you identify how your life would be so much better if you did this. See, daily reflection can truly be that simple. This is pausing to ponder. 
And then, and then there's the last piece of this habit, and it's just a daily reminder. And, and, and this, is, this is what we call to refocus and reconnect, because maybe you're like me. I mean, you start your day, and then you get really busy, and, you, and here's the thing. You can spend your time with God. Some of you have had this experience, and then you get, go all day long without talking to God or remembering to focus on what you learned that morning in, in your reading. So you need to create like some visible things to remind you and reconnect with you to that truth that God showed you that morning. That, I mean, it can be something as simple as you writing notes on an index card. I mean, it can be like an alarm that you kind of set to buzz your phone and you hear it go. I mean, you need to do that if you're not interrupting other people. Or it can be simple. I know some people will take like a rubber band and they'll put it around their wrist or they'll do something else to remind them. But the point is when you see or experience that reminder, it causes you to pause and invite God into what you're doing in that moment or invite God to give you wisdom in what you're dealing with or what you're doing that day. I mean, think about it. How different would your day be if you went through your day focused on what you're doing with Jesus? I mean, if you walked in that meeting and you're breathing this quiet prayer saying, God, help me to encourage these people. God, this is going to be a tough meeting. Help me to be the voice of hope. Help me to be the voice of encouragement. Or, or if you frame that house praying, God, help me to do this to the best of my ability and help me to do it in a way that honors you and shows gratitude to you for giving me this ability. Think about it. how different would things be if you just pause to invite God into those ordinary, everyday kind of moments, and you just pause to ponder, and you use that moment to interact with him and express gratitude to him, that's what these visible reminders can do for you. So, so here's what's good to know in this season of life. You can't ponder if you don't pause. See, you gain wisdom for everything that you do when you pause to ponder all that God is doing in you and all that God is doing around you. And, and that's so good to know because, see, your relationship with God and gaining wisdom from him, it's just like any relationship. It takes time to know him and to trust him and understand his wisdom for your life. In fact, my wife and I, Melody and I, we, we've been married for now over 30 years and I'm not going to tell you how many years because I may get it wrong, and then all my children and my wife will text me. But anyhow, so it's been 30 great years plus, 30 plus great years. And, uh, and here's the thing. We've spent a lot more time building our marriage than just like one hour a week. And, and, the, and the reason I say that, because none of you would expect Melody and I to have like this great marriage based on one hour of a week. But some of you, that's how you're trying to do your pause to ponder time. You just spend one hour a week with God on Sunday, and, and you wonder why you're not that close to him, and you wonder why you don't hear him speak clearly, and you wonder why your faith is not growing more, and, and you wonder why you're not gaining more wisdom. It's because you're not investing the time and the effort that is necessary in the relationship to understand the wisdom of God. You need to spend consistent time every day with him, talking to him through prayer, and then listening to him through scripture. So here's what we challenge you to do over this busy holiday season, this Christmas season. We challenge you to pause to ponder that you will spend 15 minutes with God every day during the season. Maybe some of you, you gotta get up 15 minutes earlier. Maybe you don't turn on the TV right when you get up or maybe you wait to turn on your phone till later or you spend the first few minutes of your day with God before anything else begins to happen. And, and here's why we challenge you to do this. It's very simple. It changed my life. It changed my dad's life. 
And I believe it changed Mary's life. And as a result of that, I believe it changed James' life. And therefore, it can change your life. See, pausing to ponder, it's the the concrete way to hear God speak and get wisdom for everything that you do every day. Folks, this is not about like, some of you grew up in church, this is not about like checking a religious box on your to-do list. This is how God reveals his wisdom to you. This is how you get wisdom and experience God's blessing in everything you do. I'm telling you, if you do this, if this becomes a habit, your life will be richer, your decisions will be so much better, and your relationships will be so much stronger because you spent time pausing to ponder. I promise you, it will change your life. Now, from time to time, I have people come up to me and and they'll say something like this after they hear a sermon. They'll they'll say something like this. Man, I wish I'd have heard this sermon two years ago before I made this choice. And if I had known that, then, you know, I never got in this financial trouble. You know, I'd have never got in this business or this job. I would have never dated that person. I would have never married that person. You know, I'd have never gotten out of my marriage. I just wish I had heard all that before. And I understand what they're saying, and, and man, we appreciate that whenever we communicate and you say something to compliment that, you know, because it helped change your life. But here's the reality. You could have heard that before you heard a sermon because it's right there in Scripture. It's been there all along. The difference is you didn't take time to pause to ponder. And you know what happens when you don't pause to ponder? It costs you wisdom for what you do. See, we don't want you just to come here on Sundays and, and hear one of us communicate or just give like God one hour of your time and just rely only on us who communicate to you on Sundays to learn all the wisdom that you need for life. No, 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 no. You don't have to wait on a sermon to gain wisdom for something that you're facing, for something that you do. You can find it yourself because I'm telling you, Scripture is full of wisdom on all the issues that you're facing and all the issues that you struggle with. And here's the thing that I've learned, and don't miss this. This is so important. And my dad taught me this. When you pause to ponder God's wisdom on your own, it really is more personal and more powerful than any sermon you could ever hear because it is your heavenly father with the wisdom of the universe speaking directly into your heart. So let me say it again. You can't ponder if you don't pause. See, you gain wisdom for living well when you pause to ponder. And we want you to know God's blessings in your life. I mean, we want you to live this season in this season of stress, understanding that God's blessings and God's favor can be on you and that God will show up and bless you in everything you do. So don't ignore this. Don't neglect this. Pause to ponder what God is doing in you and around you. Make this a habit of your life, and I promise you, you'll never regret it because God loves you so much, and he wants to give you wisdom, and he wants to bless you in everything that you do. Will you bow your heads with me in prayer? Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this incredible opportunity that we've had today to do what Mary did to pause and ponder. God, I just pray that you help us to treasure all these things that we've heard today and spend the rest of our day pondering them in our heart. 
of how we're going to live these out and how we're going to flesh this out this week, how we're going to make this a habit. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much that you love us enough that you wanted to come to this earth in flesh to show us your love, but you also wanted us to understand that you wanted a relationship so we could understand the wisdom that you have for us so that we, when we do that and we live out your wisdom, we can be blessed in everything we do. So I just pray that this will be the most blessed Christmas season that all of us have experienced because of the fact that we're going to pause to ponder through this just very chaotic and oftentimes stressful season. Thank you for your truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks everyone for being with us today. Can't wait to see you next week. And don't forget to be inviting someone and share Christmas because, man, you don't know how it could change their life. You never know what hangs in the balance. Have a great day.